Hola, señorita, mam, residence. Hello, it's Stacy. Is mum available to talk? No, sorry, Tracy. Mum's busy. It's Stacy, not Tracy. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Sandra. Mum's still busy. Okay, can you just tell us Stacy's calling? Hang on, I'll get a pen to write this down. How do you spell that? S T A C E Y. Great. I've got that. Thanks, Susan. I pass on a message. It's Stacy. Who are you anyway? I'm Casper. Well, thanks, Tony. Tell Mum I'll call her later. Coming from Reading, it's Stacey, your host. While Mum's with flamingos on the Spanish coast. You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs. Making a podcast called Rough Giraffe. Hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. Gosh, who's that Casper guy? He's a cabana boy. That's about it, really. He's not very good at carrying me back from the beach. Anyway, it's December, which means Christmas is just around the corner. And we're going to do an episode a week. An episode every week, all through Advent. Yes, exactly. All through Advent. We are going to be your special Advent calendar. Ooh, like the calendar girls, but with more clothes on. So, what we're going to do is four different episodes about four different aspects of the next month, the Advent. What do you want to start with? Can we look a little bit at the history of Christmas? Of course. How far back are you going? I'm going back to the first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on the 25th of December. Oh, shall I do a... Have you done it? We do- I've done it. We're back. How, how far back? What, what date is it? Who's the president? It's 3.36. In the morning? It is. And it's Emperor Constantine. Okay. He's the first Christian Roman emperor. Yeah. And he's just declared that the birth of Christ is going to be celebrated today. Okay. And why did he choose that? I'm guessing because in the Roman calendar, the 25th of December is the winter solstice. Okay. Uh, And solstice means like worship of the sun. Yeah. So it's the days in which it starts to get lighter and it's the day that they worship the sun on. Okay. So I am guessing that you couldn't pick a day to do baby G's on. No, it's a good day. Also, yeah. it's widely believed that March the 25th, which then was the spring equinox yeah they believe that that was the conception date uh do people celebrate the conception yeah how don't tell me (laughs) (laughs) it's immaculate i can tell you they clean the house yeah i'm having an immaculate conception better have a bath just wipe up after yourself (laughs) i've got a question to ask you Mm. Why do they kiss onto the mistletoe? Do you know the answer? No, I don't. Is mistletoe a parasite? What would you call it? Is it parasitic? Yes. Yes, and it just attaches itself to the trees, doesn't it? 
Yes. Do you know how mistletoe gets there in the first place? Fairies? <laughs> You're right, it is the fairies. I knew it. Do you want me to tell you about the mistletoe? Yes, please. Pre-Christian cultures regarded the white berries as symbols of male fertility, with the seeds resembling semen. Okay. And lots of other people saw it as oak sperm. And in the Christian era, mistletoe in the Western world became associated with Christmas as a decoration under which lovers are expected to kiss as well as with protection from witches and demons. So the kissing is to do with the fertility. It was popular among the servants in the late 18th century. So basically you're kissing under oak sperm. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, come here and have a nice spermy kiss. (laughs) (laughs) The tradition dictated that a man was allowed to kiss any woman standing underneath mistletoe and that bad luck would befall any woman who refused the kiss. Of course, it's the woman's fault. So that's it. So basically, men wanted to have a little kiss and they came up with this tradition. See a woman under the mistletoe, have a snog. There'll be bad luck if you don't snog me. Guess who isn't coming to dinner? Our first guess who's not coming to dinner. Yeah. And uh, if you've not played along with us before, they're not coming to dinner because they're no longer breathing, okay? Uh Uh-oh. Famous people who we might like to invite to dinner... But no longer with us. Guess who's not coming to Christmas dinner? Guess who's not coming to Christmas dinner? Well done, Stacey. <laughs> so here's your first clue. This Santa babe had a singular voice and an extensive career both as a singer and an actress on Broadway and in film. Right, so, have you got any idea for that one, Stacey? Not yet. No? So, uh, just think about it for a minute, and I'll give you a second clue. All right. So, um, your second clue... Yeah? Her career spanned more than 60 years. Whoa there, don't give too much away. Okay, we'll all have a think about it, and we'll have the third clue later on. Next up will be Rough Giraffe. Winter was a brilliant time to have festivals and feasts. They would have to kill off some of the animals because they wouldn't be able to afford to keep them over winter. Yeah. So they'd have a really good supply of meat, which were often used for sacrificial means. It would be dark, so they would stay inside and light fires and keep warm, so get together. And also, they would start brewing the beer and the wine uh, around just after the winter, especially things like mead and cider. They would start making those in the winters to be ready for the following year so when it came to winter time everybody was in a right mood to be a bit merry <laughs> okay so that's the romans and then well a few years after that the pope said he make it official that the birth of jesus baby jesus as we like to call him 
Yeah. I love baby cheese. <laughs> it would definitely be from then on in the Christian calendar, the 25th of December. Stamp that's official. And then they sort of forgot about it, really. They got so many holidays. Easter was always like the big holiday. Yeah, they loved Easter. Big feast and everything. Uh, it wasn't until the 11th century that they actually called it Christmas for the first time. I've got the exact year of 1038. In the morning. <laughs> It wasn't about eating really back then. It was about starving yourself, I suppose. As you said, fasting until the big feast. Yes. But back then, in Anglo-Saxon times, they had a couple of weeks off before Christmas whilst they were fasting. There was nothing to do in the fields then. No. Unlike, fast forward to like Victorian times, where everybody's working because of the factories and nobody gets any time off. Let's not fast forward too quickly. Oh, okay. I'm back. Where do we go next with the story of Christmas? I'm going to Egypt. Oh, okay. Only because in the winter, the Egyptians celebrated the god Horus. Okay. Who was always depicted as being held and fed by his virgin mother. Oh, Horus, Jesus... They sound pretty similar. Not unlike the baby Jesus and Mary. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you can see how all these little elements, they all fit together. Yeah. It's time for... Uh, rough. 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 Rough giraffe. I think the whole history of Christmas is very interesting. Yeah, so you get little bits from lots of different places and then I suppose when people are starting to explore more of the world, they get a little bit more added to the story, bring it back home and that's how it evolves. One aspect of Christmas where that is very prevalent is in Father Christmas. Or or Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Or St Nicholas. Or Baba Oosh, or when anyone else you want to call him, Father Christmas and Santa Claus were originally two completely different figures. And then they came together like mighty morphing Power Rangers. They did morph indeed. Merged, they merged. The English had Father Christmas, hmm. who was a man dressed in green, yeah, who represented the return of spring. Okay. Now, he visited families and he had a feast with them at Christmas, but he didn't bring presents. What did he bring? He just brought himself. Oh, we all know those guests. And um, he represented the return of spring. Now, the Dutch had Sinterklaas, who gave gifts to the poor on the 6th of December. The Dutch took... Santa Claus, Santa Claus, to America when they went over. Like on a boat, on a plane? How did they get him there? They took him and the pilgrims took him, didn't they? <laughs> on the boat then? Yeah, on a boat. I was called the Sunflower or something. Mayflower? A Mayflower, that'll be right. Santa Claus becomes a figure who brings gifts to sleeping children at Christmas. Which is? Which is now our... 
Father Christmas Santa Claus. Yes. But Santa Claus, as we know him, yeah. was invented in 1862. Invented? He was invented in 1862 by a, a German-American artist called Thomas Nast, who was the first person to illustrate Santa Claus exactly how we see him today. With a big fat belly and a beard. Exactly that. With a sack of toys and everything. Ah. And in the late 1860s, Santa Claus was imported into England. Okay. In the same tradition. What happened to our Father Christmas then? What happened to the guy in green? He's still there, but he's... The jolly green giant. Well, in Wales and Ireland, they still have him. In Wales, he's Sean Corn. He's the green man. He's lots of things. Okay. The gift thing didn't exist. It was the food, the meal. The Victorians revolutionised Christmas, didn't they? I think there are four elements to a modern Christmas. And that is Thomas Nast, who illustrated Father Christmas. Yeah. Coca-Cola... Charles Dickens and Queen Victoria. So Coca-Cola did what? They bought the drinks. Charles Dickens bought some entertainment. (laughs) Coca-Cola used Father Christmas, Santa Claus, very extensively in their advertising. Yes, yeah. They also released Christmas cards that had Santa Claus on that they gave to their employees. And Santa Claus is drinking a bottle of Coca-Cola, isn't he? I don't know. I'm guessing he must be. Although Thomas Nast invented the image, Coca-Cola distributed the image worldwide. Which, when you think there was no TV or anything, it was only advertising that managed to do that. Queen Victoria and Prince Albert... They brought a Christmas tree in for a start. Crazy times. Mental. That year, the the biggest toy everybody wanted was a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) When was it? So, Prince Albert, Al. Al, yeah. Shall I say Bert? Bertie boy. Bert, yeah. He brought a Christmas tree from Germany to Windsor Castle in the 1840s. And that was basically it. Okay. I wouldn't have thought it would have taken very long for it to become everywhere. Because in the 1840s, they started sending Christmas cards. Because of the penny post and everything. I'm guessing that a Christmas tree would have been on those Christmas cards. Yeah. Once people started seeing that... They all wanted one for themselves. So we've got uh, virtually everything. What we need is the Christmas story. And apart from what you'll hear in church, we're going to have Charles Dickens telling us the Christmas carol. Oh, it's a classic. Yes. And brought the word Scrooge into the English language. Wasn't Dickens the first to bring the idea of charity and actually caring about other people at Christmas into the into the limelight, I suppose. He was a socialist and he wanted to try and change the way that people thought. Well, yes, I suppose he did very well with that, didn't he? 
I think he did quite well with Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's a really well-known story. Everybody knows the story of Christmas Carol. And even if you haven't read the book, then you've definitely seen one of the films like uh, like The Muppet's Christmas Carol. That's your favourite, isn't it? Actually, I like the really old version with um, Ujimi Flip. What's his name? Not Albert Finney. Al- Alec Guinness. Yes, Alec Guinness. That's the very early one. Yes. That is very atmospheric. I like it when the ghosts on that actually do look like ghosts. (laughs) Just because the effects in those days made things appear quite ethereal. I do like the big ghost of Christmas Present in the Muppet film, though. He's so frumpy and big and cuddly. (laughs) Hey, you. Yeah, you. You got something to say? Then say it here. Email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com Twitter at roughgiraffepod Instagram at roughgiraffepodcast Search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean Thanks Our traditional English Christmas That's all been invented in the 19th century then So that includes the... Christmas cards, the tree, the paper decorations, and Father Christmas with his white beard and his red costume, and Christmas crackers that they were invented in the 19th century. Weren't they invented by a man who was just trying to find a way to sell his sweets? Yeah, that was Tom Smith. Yeah, he wanted to make it all fancy. Yeah, he put them, uh, they were sugared almonds wrapped in tissue paper. And he saw those and he thought, I'm going to add a little motto in with a tiny gift and wrap them up. It was a few years later that the bang came. Well, seeing as you're talking about Christmas crackers, can I tell you a cracker joke? Yeah, go on then. Why did nobody buy Blitzen or Rudolph on eBay? I don't know. Because they were too dear. Get it? Too dear. <laughs> oh, goodness I know you love me. It. I got plenty more. Oh. I could just tell them all day. Don't do that. <laughs> I can't compete with that sort of thing. Now, how old do you think Rudolph is? The most famous reindeer of all. How old is he now, or how old was he when he was at his prime in the reindeer games? He was the product. Of Robert L. May's imagination. Oh, let's say he's like a hundred years old. He wrote a poem about the reindeer to help get customers into the Montgomery Ward department store. Okay. Only as late as 1939. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought Rudolph was much older than that. Yeah, I'd have gone sort of 1900s, 1910 maybe. Rough Giraffe! Rough! Rough Giraffe! So what about when Oliver Cromwell came? What did he do? Well, he cancelled Christmas. (gasps) He said, there's not going to be any decadence. I bet he was doing decadence on the side. Uh, well, have you seen him? Not recently. 
It doesn't like a bloke what was doing decadence. Why didn't he like decadence? It was Puritans, wasn't it? The Puritans did not want anybody to have any fun. Boo. So how long was Christmas cancelled for? About 40 years, I think. Wow, there'd be some people, maybe two generations, who never saw a Christmas. Well, in in uh, America, from 1659 to 1681, hmm. celebrating Christmas was actually illegal. Why? And anyone that exhibited the Christmas spirit in any form was fined five shillings. <laughs> and that was until when? 1681. Are you you exhibiting a little bit of Christmas spirit there, Beryl? No, no. That looks like a Christmas jumper to me. No, it's not. I just like reindeers. So, this is our first of four episodes for Christmas. Yeah. And I would like, on our Facebook page, can any listeners send in... Pictures of themselves in their favourite Christmas jumper. (laughs) And uh, we'll pick the best Christmas jumper photo and we'll be giving a prize. Yes, yes. So we can announce that that in our last episode of the Christmas series. That's right, okay. So if you have a picture of yourself in a fabulous or not so fabulous, Christmas jumper. Uh, Maybe it's from when you were younger. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see a nanny knitted one. Oh, that'd be amazing. Almost as good as my knitted swimming costume that my nan knitted for me. (laughs) You find out very quickly why you don't knit a swimming costume. (laughs) Looked like I was full of when I came out. Oh, no. It was dragging on the floor. (laughs) Anyway, that's completely beside the point. We'd like your Christmas jumper photos on Facebook, please. Or you can send them to us on Twitter. We're not that fussy. We just want to see your pictures. Yes. And also, we would like to see if you've got your pets dressed up for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Love a dressed up pet. Uh, we'll make you a set of badges of your Christmas pet pictures and we'll send you your very own Christmas pet badges. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Send us the pictures on Twitter and Facebook and we'll send you a picture of your pet on a badge. It'll be made by Kipper himself. He's very good at the badge making machine now. We want Christmas jumpers and we want pets in pants. <laughs> hey there, who's that? What's the name of a wonky cat? He'll look twice than any cat around. Kipper, hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper, the wonky cat. Hello, Kipper. Hi. Evening, Kips. Now, Kipper, have you got your... Oh, he's got his advent calendar. Kipper's advent calendar has doors and every door reveals a spoonful of cat food. 
No, is that what it is? I just thought he'd been, I thought he'd been dribbling down the front of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just tuna in an egg box. But you've put some jaunty pictures on the front. <laughs> yeah, covered in lots of glitter. What's the question for Kipper this time? We've got a question from our good and lovely friend Giles from the Filmmakers Podcast. And it's audio, so we get to hear his lovely voice. Yay! Hello there, Rough Giraffe Podcast. It's Giles from the Filmmakers Podcast. Hello, Stacey. Hi, Kipper. Hi, Mum. Hope you're having a lovely time so far. Hope the winter is nice. Though officially, it's not actually winter yet. Winter officially happens on the 21st of December. There you go. Little fact for you. Here's the question. Kipper, with the Christmas season upon us, people are planning their work parties. With Mum and Stacey essentially being your work colleagues... Did the three of you have a party? If so, what will you be wearing? Love you guys. Have a great Christmas. Thank you, Giles. Love you too. Well, I'm having a party, Kipper, but you ain't invited. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) Hang on. That's only because he hasn't got a passport. Uh, I'm doing a bit of a jig. You can pull this to music after, uh, and we'll like superimpose it. Just everybody who's listening, imagine that there's a disco ball. Well, actually, I've just hung a, an old CD up on a bit of fishing wire because it does catch the light. You need to be careful. Kipper doesn't try and catch it. You might like that a little bit of dangly, shiny stuff. Okay, I've heard about Kipper and his dangly, shiny stuff. Uh, I'm afraid there's not going to be a party. No Christmas party this year. We've got no funds for a party. No. We spent it all on mince pies. (laughs) And sound effects. Boop, 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 boop. (laughs) Guess who isn't coming to dinner? This is your last clue now. Do you know who it is yet? No, not yet. So, uh, your last clue is, she died on Christmas Day in 2008 at the age of 81 and was still appearing in television and film up until the year of her death. So anyway, uh, not such difficult on this one. The answer was, of course, Stacey. Miss Piggy. You were so close. Ah. The amazing Eartha Kit. Of course. Excuse me, senor. Don't forget. Rough Giraffe is on Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod. So, mostly, uh, all the festivals at that time of year were for the Roman god Bacchus, who was the god of wine. Mm. And the Roman god Saturn. Who was the god of five gold rings. Oh, yeah. Uh, He wielded a vicious scythe and devoured his own children. So we don't really celebrate that today. No. But we do eat more. Children. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know why people say Xmas, by the way? 
No, I was writing some notes up today and I hate writing Xmas. And I was thinking, why do they do that? Because it's like Chris Cross. Yes. Well, Keek, C-H-I, is, is, is the letter. Oh, it gets very complicated. It's all Greek to me. Is that a joke? If you say Christos. Christos. It's pronounced Christos. But the first letter of it is an X. Oh, okay. When they said it's the mass of Christosos or something. Yeah. Christ mass, yeah. Yeah. They used to write it X with a little mark up, uh, like a little X and an S at the top. And then mass. Okay. And it's actually been used as long as the word Christmas. Oh, well, maybe I don't feel so bad using it then. I thought it was some horrible, like, 1980s shortening. No, it's been used since the 3rd or 4th century. Oh, I like that fact. You don't feel so bad using that now. Don't feel so bad using it now that I know that it's it's traditional. Uh, and did you know in Norse mythology, the god Balder was killed by an arrow made of mistletoe? Ugh. You know what we said before? Yeah, ugh. But they didn't have mistletoe in churches because it was thought to be pagan. Okay. But in York, which is a lot of Viking links, they used to hold a special mistletoe service... Where anybody that had done wrong yeah. could go into the church for the service and beg pardon of the church. Oh, okay. Mistletoe has a lot of traditions around it, doesn't it? It does. Uh, and Holly and Ivy. Now, there's two things. that We associate those with Christmas. The Holly and the Ivy. But you have to be careful with them because they reek of danger. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We love a bit of danger reeking, don't we? Oh, I love to reek danger. You should never bring Holly into your house before Christmas Eve or it'll be bad luck. Just looking around, just looking around. Can't see any. Phew. Uh, but you shouldn't throw your Christmas greenery out of the door or a death will occur in the house before the following yuletide. I ain't got no problem with that. All mine's plastic. There's another little tradition before I go. Yeah. If you're brave enough, mind. I'm brave. Okay, so it says that if you go into a graveyard on (gasps) Christmas Eve... Yeah. And dig a hole. No, I'm not brave anymore. Okay. <laughs> no, go. If I dig a hole, go on. You'll find some gold. <gasps> wow. Any graveyard? It doesn't say. I got that information from the independent newspaper, so they're not likely to tell me which graveyard it is. How deep the hole? It doesn't say that either. It's the independent, so I'm guessing this, they leave it up to you. Ugh. <sighs> Okay, well, Uh, if we suddenly see in the Independent or any other newspaper that there's a sudden rush in graveyards of people digging holes, they're rough giraffe listeners. Okay, so I'll know that. And be careful if you're leaving church on Christmas Eve. 
Okay, why? Do not leave church while the priest is still speaking at the end. Oh, but... Because if you if you do, you are going to see a ghost before you get home. But you've got to get to the car park and get your car out right before the rush. You have, you have. Ugh. But uh, you don't want to be seeing ghosts, do you? No, unless you're Scrooge. Here it is, the unrelated news with Stacey. So, unrelated news. Okay. Something different to Christmas. Yes, something different to Christmas. The headline is Dutch pensioner, 69. Is that the, like, the Twitter handle, <laughs> Dutch pensioner, 69? <laughs> he wishes. Dutch pensioner, 69, who identifies as 20 years younger, wants age legally changed to improve chances on Tinder. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're gonna, he knows they're going to take his pension away from him if he does that. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, he talks about that later. He's, he's fine with it. So, his name's Emil Rattleband. And he's 69. Does he look like he's uh, 49? No, he looks like he's 69. Okay. But he wants to change the date of birth on his passport from March 11th, 49 to March 11th, 69. Okay. He says he's had a checkup and is biologically 25 years younger than his date of birth claims. But has he looked at his face in the mirror? Well, basically, he's currently in court fighting this legal battle to change his age. He says, when I'm 69, I'm limited. If I'm 49, then I can buy a house, drive a car. I can take more hay on my fork. He says, you can change your name. You can change your gender. Why not your age? He wants to do it so that he has more chance on dating apps. People don't look at him because he says that he's 69. He thinks they'll look at him more if he says that he's 49. Well, looking at him, <laughs> right, you'd look at him and go, blimey, he's rough for 49. He looks about 69. Yeah. So he says he's had a checkup with the doctors and the doctors say he has the body of a 45-year-old. So he's all right in the uh, down belows. And he describes himself as a young god. He says that there's a lot of pressure to be, stay youthful, but the signs of ageing, such as lines, wrinkles and grey hair, are not a problem as long as the overall impression a man gives is that he's fit and energetic. So it doesn't matter that he's nearly 70 as long as he acts younger yes then that will fool everyone that'll fool them all it doesn't matter if he's 70 and he acts as though he's fit but i think gotta be honest here i think that women would be more impressed with a a 69 year old that looked really fit rather than uh, a 49 year old that looked knackered (laughs) <laughs> Looks like he's lived a life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's just me thoughts. Uh, is he 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 says maybe they will say you have weak muscles for forty nine, and I say, but not that one. You know, wink, wink. Okay, so it's all about sex, really, isn't it? Of course, it is. It always is. If it's not religion, sex, war, I don't know what anything else, and food. That's all the world revolves on. Yeah, he just he just wants to have it away, doesn't he? There's this goddess, right, Cybele. 
Yeah. And uh, she wants somebody, like, they, they think they can have it regardless, don't they? Them gods. Yeah. But uh, she wants this bloke, Attis, and he says, no, I'm going to marry somebody else. So he went mad, right, mental, Mm. And uh, was running around, like, in a mad rage, just gone completely bonkers through the mountains. And in the end, I don't know why, he sat down and he castrated himself at the foot of a pine tree. Uh, what? And I, and I just thought, I wondered if that was where we got the tradition of the baubles from. <laughs> 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 so uh, that was what me thinking was uh, and, and on that note I'll leave you <laughs> oh thank you for that alright then thank you uh, Merry Christmas Happy New Year Merry Christmas Happy New Year bye it's the end of the podcast it is very sad but tune in again and it won't be so bad with mum in the villa and Stacy at home Send us your stories on your smartphone and Then everybody won't feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.